Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug, get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome to Season 3 of A Most Unusual Tea Party, where we use the letter T to unlock a person's story, giving us an unusual look into the mystery guests who join me at the table. I'm Teresa Abram, a handwriting analyst and graphologist, and if you are curious about decoding the messages of the subconscious mind, then pour yourself a mug of something yummy and join me at the table. This season of the podcast, I don't know my guests before they join me at the table. All I know is their name, what their handwriting looks like, and that my mug is on hand. But before I spill the tea on what I'm drinking, You're going to find out who our mystery guest is at the same time I do, and you're going to find out what their love language is. So without further ado, let's find out who our mystery guest is today. Welcome to the show, Dallas Kuro. I am so glad to have you on with me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. This is my podcast debut. Oh, I'm honored to have you on here, and I hope that you enjoy this experience. I already know that I will. Oh, good. Now, Dallas, I do know a little bit about you. I do follow you on Instagram and we've had some conversations back and forth, but I would really love for you just to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, My name is Dallas Kiro. I am a portrait and brand photographer based in Edmonton, Alberta. I uh, previously have had several other careers from marketing to doing social media for a Food Network TV show to I was a copywriter for a while, and I thought I would be a professor. That was kind of where the path was taking me. And then I decided that uh, it was too much time alone. So my hobby, which had always been photography, slowly became my career. It took many years for me to get the courage to actually make it happen, but I went full-time in early 2013, and I have not looked back since. I balance that with being the mom of two little kids, a three-year-old and a 10-month-old, and a very bossy bearded collie who's taking a rare rest behind me on the floor right now, and just hanging out with my partner and uh, trying to find small joys in pandemic times. And you know what? There are a lot of small joys to be found. There are, yeah. Just trying to find them daily, and whether it's the same ones and taking comfort in those rituals or trying to find novelty or new ideas are great. So you're talking about finding the little things in COVID that bring you joys. How do you work that with your photography, which is very human based? How do you find the joy and keep those little moments alive in your photography business? That must be totally changing. It is changing, but to be totally honest with you, it was primed for change before the pandemic hit anyway. I focused a lot on weddings and special events or just things in a more kind of group public setting. And in my transition into motherhood, which was a journey of itself, I had a a fertility journey of several years. I had started to look at changing my lifestyle to really suit and support me and my family um, and be less about what I had once thought I wanted to focus on and more on where I'd like to go in the future. So I was starting to move away from certain types of work already. So when the pandemic hit, I just basically made the decision to really think about 
what I could leave behind because it just did not make sense in the context of the economy or our like social reality right now. So I've taken wedding photography off of my website and out of my services, which feels very scary and weird because I do love it still, but there's just so much uncertainty around it. And I feel more comfortable focusing on things that I can help people with in the meantime. And my biggest passion right now is supporting small business owners with all the changes that are happening for everyone right now. We all still want to connect. We all still want to show our faces to show what we do to show our passions. And thank God for the internet because it's really keeping us together as a society right now. And I, for all the pitfalls of social media, I'm a huge fan. I just, I love the potential for connection. Um, we of course have to be mindful about our use, but to me, it's really powerful. And this does sound like a tangent, but I do have a point, which is that I really, really like helping businesses create photos that they'll be sharing on social media to make connections with people, to remind people that they exist, to maybe talk about how they've pivoted, to talk about what brings them joy and little ways that they can bring other people happiness. So that's kind of my main focus right now. And that's bringing me a lot of joy and connection. Like yesterday, I had the opportunity to photograph a couple and they were 90 and 91 and they had been friends for 50 years before getting married as a second marriage for each of them in their 70s. And their stories being shared online and through their local newsletter. And it's just so nice to me to be able to be a part of sharing that story, even if it's just taking a few pictures that show their face to the world so that people can see the face behind the story. I just want to help illustrate the stories that people want to tell. So that's what I see my role being. It's just, it's like a facilitator and an artist at one, but in a supporting role for other people's stories. And the only other focus I have right now in terms of joy in my work is my print shop that I recently launched. So I'm taking new photos every week and releasing new photos every Sunday. And that's something that has kind of forced me to take some time for myself creatively and produce something new on a consistent basis. What is your Instagram handle? It's at Dallas Kiro. Nice and simple. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really, you know, what really gelled out of that for me is that you're really trying to distill what's important for other people and showcase it and highlight it in a beautiful way. And by doing that, it's making you feel very complete as a photographer. Yes, that's a perfect way to put it. And so much more concisely than I did. Thank you. Remember the way you phrased that. For me, like that's why portrait photography has always been such a joy because it's about helping people feel amazing and the experience is really empowering and energizing to them. And then when they walk away, the photos are almost more than anything, a memory of that feeling. I, I'll be straight up with you, Dallas. I cannot relate to that. <laughs> Put me in a front of a calendar. I don't think I have any good memories of that. Oh, that's not unusual. So few of us do. I like to come to people with like empathy for that and a lot of gentleness and direction so that I never want people wondering what to do with their arms. And it's, it's a lot about reading people's energy and feeling how they feel, re reading the room. And, you know, I used to try to give prescriptive direction. Um, so kind of on that same level or, 
if I was working with a couple, I'd be wanting them to be affectionate and wanting them to do certain poses. And then one day a girl just said to me, listen, we're, this is awkward for us. Like, we're just not snuggly affectionate types. Like, can we just chill? I'm like, yeah, please. Let's just all be ourselves here. And that was a good lesson to me to just like pick up on people's vibe as quickly as possible at the beginning of the shoot and follow their lead so that I'm not forcing them into anything. I love that. Well, Dallas, you know what? I think anybody can take a good photograph, but the difference between just a good photograph and a good photographer and a truly great photograph and a great photographer is exactly what you're talking about. Can they read the room? Can they read that person and then really capture who they are instead of trying to turn them into something that they're not? Agreed. hundred percent. Thank you so much for sharing that about yourself. Now, let's take a look at your handwriting, Dallas, now that everybody knows a little bit more about you. You did send me some very beautiful samples. And for me, Dallas, the most striking feature of your handwriting is the way that you do your A's and your F's. They're both very creative and very unique. Okay. So the A is like a typewriter A. It has the little hat and then your circle underneath it. And the F is very like, almost like a big S with a crossbar across it. Oh, yeah. Like you start in your upper zone and you come down and you loop it a little bit into the lower zone and then you lift your pen and you make a crossbar. And when you put the two of them together, it's a very unique formation when you have the F and the A together like you do in family. And that really caught my attention because what that means to me is something really, really specific. When you're doing your letters like that, it's actually not a way to make it simplified. It's not a way to make it fast. That shows me that you're willing to take extra time to make something that is pleasing to you. Yes. I could picture you being the type of person who, if this is your thing, you're going to make the bed every morning and then you're going to arrange all of the extra pillows on it so that it looks just right. Yes. If I didn't have children, absolutely. And there's probably other ways or other places in your life that you would do that, where you will take that extra time just to put that extra touch on it that makes it just right for you. Absolutely. Can you think of an example of something like that? For me, it's just elevating everyday life is just something that's important to me. And especially in these times, like, yeah, finding small joys for me is like finding ways to be artful in the mundane and in my daily life, which can sometimes feel like a slog um, when we're barely leaving the house and I'm wearing my robe and <laughs> I'm being jumped on by two kids and it's kind of messy. At least if I can create little pockets of beauty or something that seems just a little bit elegant, then it just brings me a lot of happiness and comfort. That is so beautifully phrased, Dallas. Well, thank you. Like even just putting me, like I'm wearing lipstick today on a day where I have no plans apart from talking to you, which was a big plan. It just, it seems frivolous to a lot of people, but to me it's important. And to me, it, it makes me feel healthy and, and like happy. That is beautiful. And it's so important for you to recognize that, right? That's a form of self-care. It's a form of self-love to say, what is it that makes me feel better? And, you know, you, the way you phrase that is elevating everyday life. That is so beautiful and just sums it up so nicely for what I see. We do have those A's, those SF's that are unique and take a little bit of extra time. But we also have these retraced D stems, not 100%. But enough of the time, you retrace your D stems and your P stems to show me that 
this is a way for you to really actually love yourself and to calm yourself even a little bit. So if you're starting to feel anxious, my guess is you're probably going to make sure that yes, today I'm definitely putting on the lipstick. I'm going to do something that elevates me a little bit. Absolutely. In fact, on the days where I have something I'm really worried about or like a big appointment or something that I'm feeling anxious about, I will definitely be wearing lipstick that day. Yeah, beautiful. And the other thing that I see in your handwriting is there's little signs of pastiosity. I don't know that word. Pastiosity. It's actually only used in terms of handwriting analysis. So if you've never done it, you've never heard it. And what pastiosity is, is where it shows there's a little bit of extra ink that ends up on the paper. Always. Always. There are definitely spots where just extra ink comes off of the pen and onto the paper. And so that's what we call pastiosity. And that is a really big clue into your love language, which is not going to be acts of service. Nope, that's not my first one. And again, when we're talking about the love languages, we are looking at identifying your primary one, which isn't to say you don't appreciate all of them, but there's one in particular that will be stronger than the rest. Yes. Now, another striking feature about your handwriting, Dallas, is what's called a fast arcade. Oh, Now, there's two ways to connect letters. You can either do it kind of from above or you can do it from below. Mm -hmm. And most of yours, you bring it to the top. Not all the time. You do have some that are lower, but a lot of the time you'll connect it at the top. Okay, I see that now. If we look at very in the second line, your R going into the Y, the R, it just curves right into the Y at the top. So it's almost like we have an N going on. And that's what we would call an arcade connection. Same with your very, the V goes up and then it comes down. That's an arcade connection. And they're very quick connections. Like when you're coming off of an O and into the L. Okay. But it also tells me that you're highly creative, but you're going to have a little bit more formal approach to social interactions. And sometimes you may be a little bit reserved, at least at first. Okay. It's funny seeing my writing like this because I always just think, yeah, I'm always in a hurry trying to get my thoughts out before I forget them because I don't have the best short-term memory and writing to me is a way of clearing my cluttered mind. We know you're creative. We know that. Well, it's interesting about the social interaction part because I think I'm like very immediately social in terms of like wanting to make connections with people and talking to strangers and um, being very outgoing, but I would much rather ask people about themselves and maybe share some funny stories about myself, but there are very few people with whom I share my deepest self or a lot of like other things that are going on with me. That's like a circle of two. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it in a nutshell. It's not that you're, you don't like to go out into a social environment. It's not that you don't like to meet new people, but you will keep the focus on them and not share a lot about yourself. Yeah. Until you get to know them a bit better. Now, let's talk a little bit about your tea bars. It is the tea party and I do so love my teas. (laughs) So the one thing that I wanted to comment on on your teas is that in enough of them, again, it's not all of them. You actually have quite a variety of teas, which again, just shows you have that creativity in you. You're not one to follow the rules and do the same thing over and over and over again. You're going to learn, you're going to adapt. Yeah, I don't like repeating things. 
Yeah. Hard no to that. <laughs> and that is really, really clear in your teas because you do have quite a bit of variety in them. But I wanted to talk about one in particular because it does happen quite frequently. And that's where you have what's called a concave tea bar. And that's just where it like takes a little bit of a dip, drops down. And when we have that, and especially because you often have that and you connect it to your next letter. So you've got a dip and then you connect it. So you're combining two things. You're, you're telling me two things by doing that. And what it is, is the concave T-bar tells me that you are pleasant and easygoing. And then the way that you connect it to your next letters also tells me that sometimes people might be fooled into thinking you're an airhead, but in fact, you're <laughs> nothing of the kind. You're not that way at all. And I'm sure that you have probably a story or like 12 about people who have underestimated you. Oh, yeah, but I never take it too seriously because I know what I'm capable of. I had a teacher in high school and I was a nerd, but I also like fashion. So it's kind of a mix and I make a confusing impression at times. And she took me aside and said, listen, you're cute and you're blonde, but don't you ever let anybody underestimate you. And if you really want to mess with the idiots who will, just learn a lot about hockey, join a hockey pool and take all their money. And I'm never, <laughs> never going to do that because there's no way I could bring myself to care enough about sport to be <laughs> involved. But I don't know if I just have no shame or just don't really care what if people think I'm dumb because I know I'm not. Yeah. And it's not that you are, right? It's just they might see the surface part of you. And because there is that reserve where you don't necessarily share a lot right up front is they might construe it to mean one thing, which isn't accurate at all. Yeah, I guess like maybe that ties into me being reserved on some level is by keeping things light and pleasant and like good manners are really important to me. Being professional is really important to me, but in some ways it's, it's just a way of separating like a certain aspect of my interactions with people from who I am on a private level and preserving my, um, like having a boundary, I guess, in a way. That's that formal approach to a social interaction, right? Where you do have rules and you will want to set a boundary. Yep. So it's very consistent. It is very telling, but it is super consistent with everything else in your handwriting. Now, it also tells me that acts of service is not going to be your primary love language. Can you explain how you know that? I'm just so, it's so interesting to see how, to hear about how you can tell that. Because the handwriting tells me it doesn't lie. No, it does not. Clearly. It doesn't. Your love language is based on your behaviors and your personality. And your handwriting is simply a reflection of that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we can tell what is your love language from looking at your writing. If acts of service was your love language, that T wouldn't happen that way. It would be a very precise, it would be very straight because people who really like acts of service tend to be very logical, practical, you know, feet on the ground, um, organized, those type of people. My husband. <laughs> All right. So we know that if acts of service is your primary, your handwriting is going to reflect that. Interesting. Yes. I would almost, almost, Bet my bottom dollar that your test showed physical touch and quality time as being one and two, because both of those are well represented in your writing. You have the connections by connecting your letters. It shows that you do like to be around people, that social aspect. They're rounder. 
Um, again, it talks about being with people. Physical touch means that's where you like to have hugs and kisses and, and you don't mind public displays of affection. You do have a lower zone. I know that that's there for you. You are totally comfortable with that. So they're both represented in your writing. But I think what really floats your boat is going to be receiving gifts, particularly when it's the gift of presence. So when you know that somebody is going to be there and show up for you and just walk the life path with you, that floats your boat. That's 100%. 100% it. Well, actually, quality time is number one for me. That's my number one. Uh, and but part of that is like the gift of somebody's presence is quality time. Like that's the best gift that somebody could give me. Um, presence, attention, and just being engaged, like connecting. Yes, you love that connection for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because Dr. Gary Chapman, when he talks about it, he does really separate out quality time from the gift of presence because the gift of presence is where you just want somebody who's there to share things with you, but it's not necessary that you have to be having an intimate conversation. So it might be like you go to birthday parties together. Well, when we could do birthday parties, right? Um, you're just sharing these little life moments all the way through. Okay. I didn't realize there was a distinction between those two. Yeah. That's a really important distinction to me. Like I don't need a gym buddy. I can go by myself. I'm very happy spending time by myself. But when I want to be around people, it's when I can be 100% engaged and they can as well. If I'm actually not feeling like I can be in the before times, I will often choose to stay home because it feels disingenuous to me to go out when I can't bring my full energy to the evening or to the coffee date. And it just feels like I'm letting somebody down in a way. Yeah, I could see how you would do that. So with your love language test, number one, you said was quality time. Number two turned up as? Actually, words of affirmation. Interesting. Okay. And then number three was? Number three was acts of service. Okay. So receiving gifts was at the bottom. That's really interesting because in so many ways, I can see receiving gifts for you. And again, it's not materialistic. Okay. And I think this is where a lot of people get confused with that one is it's not like you just want presence all the time. You just want to have something that represents, it represents your love. It's that thoughtfulness. It's the effort that goes on behind the gift. That's what you like. Absolutely. I, I do really enjoy that. I think maybe the way that the love languages quiz is phrased is more about like receiving those material things and that's just not as important to me. So when it's a like dichotomy and what's more meaningful to you, this or this, I always chose the answers that were, you know, having a great conversation or having a coffee together and catching up. Exactly. The gifts kind of got booted down when in comparison to the gift of presence type questions. Yes, exactly. And I agree with you. I think that's the limitation of, of the quizzes, right? And it's inherent in a quiz like that, where it's like you have a choice of this or that. And so you kind of interpret it one way, but it's perhaps not exactly the way that it can be meant. And then the other part too, is just our own personal blinders on what we do. Because I would definitely feel like for you, you are a visual person. You're going to want to have those visual reminders of love. True. I do love a 
beautiful handwritten note or a card, those are really meaningful to me because I guess it combines words of affirmation and and a physical token, really. I also love chocolate. So if somebody ever wants to know the way to my heart. Chocolate in a card. There you go. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. Now, the other part that we have is the spot the lie where you have put a deception somewhere in your handwriting sample. I am going to say, you say Rhonda who? Mm -hmm. And the Rhonda really drops down. It's going on a downhill. And then we get the who. And then we start going back up a little bit and we have Vernon and kind of all over the place, BC. Wow, I'm busted. <laughs> yes, you totally are. Totally the lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we have here, we also have what's like an airstroke. When we zoom in on it, when you look at Rhonda and you're zoomed in or under a microscope, you can see these little airstrokes where you're like cutting through the circle of the D and connecting it to the A. You're O in who is also very angular compared to every other O. Oh my gosh. This is where I was starting to think of. Yep. Right around here. I'm like, okay, how can I make this not true? <laughs> exactly. So this is where we know that you are writing, you are totally engaged in deception right here. So my question would be, so tell me about the person that you adopted Pearl from. <laughs> Did this person really live in Vernon, BC? No, and that's exactly the lie. She is a lovely person. I actually was writing to her today, but she lives in Chestermere, Alberta. She does not live in Vernon, BC. So everything else is true. She is an amazing person. I care for her very much, but she does not live in Vernon. So you spotted exactly where the lie begins and where it ends. Wow funny how it was like so clear. I, uh, I have a really tough time lying. I just, it does not come naturally to me. I show everything on my face, like all my emotions, all my thoughts. I've been told that many times in life. And I just am a very straightforward person. I'm not good at lying. I could never get away with a crime. <laughs> yeah. I myself in right away. I'd just give up. That's especially if you had to write about it, you'd be so busted. Well, you nailed that one, Teresa. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're just a really honest person. And it's true. Like you, when you look at your handwriting, it's very clear that there's no pretense there. What you see is what you get. And it is meant to show you, you're not trying to do this for anybody else. And it's still legible. So you're still concerned about other people, but you're not worried about it matching a copybook or somebody else's style. No. It does show that you will you're very comfortable doing your own thing. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for having your debut on a podcast, Alice. Oh, it was such a pleasure. This has been so fascinating. You really have a gift. Thank you. Something that I really love. And I think it's so important for us to be able to understand ourselves, but not from a perspective of judging, but just from a perspective of understanding and acceptance. It's totally okay. Absolutely. One thing I've been learning about this year and learning about meditation is about noticing and practicing non-judgment of ourself and others. So I think it's interesting to like look at something like handwriting and analyze it, but just let it be what it is. And I really appreciate the way that you framed all your observations as just things that you notice, but not being like, girl, get yourself to therapy. Girl, and another chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really, really cool, Teresa. I 
I appreciate this so much. And you have been an absolute delight to have on Dallas. And thank you for being so vulnerable and for sharing so much about yourself. Thank you. It's been just a fascinating process. And I would recommend this to anybody I know. I think so many people would enjoy working with you so much. Thank you. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here, Dallas. And I know that in my mug, I have some coffee with Bailey's in it. That's what I had this morning. No way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been up since 520. So it was definitely a coffee and Bailey's morning. So we are kindred spirits today. Oh, I love that. Well, cheers to the coffee and Bailey's. Cheers to you as well. Mine is long gone, but I will cheers to you through my screen (laughs) with the memory of it. That is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI. Hey, did you know that the best compliment you can give me is a referral to someone else? Please help spread the word about a most unusual tea party and my guest and share it with your network or someone who might find it interesting. If you enjoyed the show and want to know more about graphology and what Teresa is doing, be sure to head over to the website at www.handwritingpi.ca slash hashtag newsletter and subscribe to Handwriting PI's newsletter. You'll get early notice of future guests on the podcast. You'll see full samples of the handwriting and get more tips for analyzing handwriting on your own. And if you have it in your heart, leave a tip in the tip jar found at www.handwritingpi.ca. The Tea Party is professionally edited by the amazingly talented Casey Broda. If you would like to contact her or inquire about her services, look for at Casey Broda on Instagram. That's at C-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-D-A. And finally, if you want to have an audio handwriting analysis done, like you hear here on the show, send us an email at handwritingpi at gmail.com asking for information about our AHA program. Thanks for listening.